0: Welcome to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Today, our speaker, who is not a guest, who is a well loved brother in this house, who I know has the word of the Lord for us. So, uh, would you guys warmly welcome Rick Sampson as he comes on up here to uh, preach the word? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, too. All right. I am glad you're here, too. In fact, remember when Michael Woods said that? He said a long time ago, yeah, I'm glad you're here. He says, because remember he said that God works for all things to good for those who loved him or are called according to his purpose. And therefore, wherever you are. On that day, whether it's good times, bad times, you're going through the valley of the shadow of death. If you're going through the best day in your life, you're right where you're supposed to be. And so today, even though you purposed in your heart to be here on this day, at this time, in that seat, God put you here. So I'm glad you're here because I want you to hear what the word of God is. At least this is what I want to I want to speak to you today, what I feel God has told me to speak. I think it's something that's been on my heart for a little while, and I just kind of want to put it out there, because I want you to hear the Word of God, and I want you to act on it. Let's pray real quick, and then let's bring up the slides. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord God, that you gave us your Word. Your Word speaks to us. Your Word lets us get to know you. Your word helps to train us, to equip us, to help live the life we're supposed to live, to glorify you. Help us now, Lord God, just to learn a little more, more about you today as we listen. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, let's bring up that first one. This is what we're going to do, so you can go up, open, up, open up your app, open up your phone, open up your Bible. I do like your pages flipping around. We're going to talk about the parable of the talents. Now, really, you're probably thinking, last week, what did what did uh, Sam Fine, what our pastor Fine, talk about last week? He's talking about getting an engagement ring, right? And he talked a little bit about today about the engagement and that type of thing. When he's talking about communion, so you'd think I'd be talking about the parable of the young virgins, right there in Matthew 25. No, that's what that's not what God directed me to. So we're going to talk about the parable of the tal- talents. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Go ahead and hit the down, hit the next slide. I want to get get started here. And that's the whole point. Why this? Why now? Why am I speaking about this? I well, one thing is because I think God downloaded this into me. This is the talk I need to speak about today. When Sam asked me a a little over a week ago if I would be willing to speak today, and I, I I prayed about it. I said, I'm not really sure. You know, I hadn't told him that, but I asked my wife, I said, I really don't have a word from the Lord to bring out right now. She said, I think you're supposed to say yes. And he's and and then he will give you the word. OK, I said, yes, and he gave me the word. So we're going to talk about this today. The other thing is, you know, so he, he downloaded this into me. But if you you guys go on to the King of, King of Glory website, look at the old sermons. Look at all the different titles. I've spoken up here before in a couple of things, and one of the first things I told you is time to grow up. Right? I'm just going to read off some of the titles of these different sermons. Fulfill Your Purpose, Grow Up, Occupy, Restore, Expand, Be the Bride of Christ, Living Stones. You got wisdom? How about maturity? Because maturity releases your inheritance. Stir up the gifts. Count the cost. Mustard seed faith, which is a couple of weeks away. And then getting engaged. Be sanctified and and you're given all your need. This is an overall theme, I think, of us being prepared for the end times. Living out our life the way we're supposed to live it, based on what Christ wants us to do. And guess what? These were all different from Joanne or Arizaga, Rocky. Sam and Eliza, Michael Woods, and Alan Smith, and me. Isn't it amazing what God is speaking to this body? I don't think that's a coincidence. I really think he has a message for us. And really, you know, I think, well, your your prophetic prayer today. I think all that ties together. I think God is, look around people, God is working here. We've even got a person with a cruise anointing. I didn't even know that existed. That's so cool. That is cool. God loves us. God wants us to move forward. And that's why I think he wants us to hear this today. But the big thing is this parable, I want you to understand. This is a warning and a challenge. I want you to hear that. Let's go to the next slide, please. Okay, I want to get you, to I'm a teacher, so I like to give background. I mean, I like doing those type of things. It's, it's fun. Getting background also helps you to understand what is actually going to go on in the verses we're going to go through, and that's what I want to bring it into. It gives us a foundation. From what None of this comes from a void. None of this comes out of a vacuum. Everything has a foundation to it, and so I want to bring that up. The first thing is, where and when did this happen? This was occurring, this this speaking, this parable he is talking to his disciples came after he went into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry. He is there in Jerusalem, and what's going to happen after this? He said he, he has already cleansed the temple. He spoke in parables before this, starting in Matthew chapter 21, both to the chief priests and elders, and he chastised the Pharisees. He's guiding all that. And now what he has, now he is preparing the disciples for when he leaves. This is an important word from the Lord to his disciples. It's kind of like one of those, you know, when when you have somebody and you know they're getting ready to depart this earth. You know, when you go into that room and they say, I see angels. When that veil between the physical and the supernatural is getting really thin, and it starts leaking over into our lives. When that happens, and they want to say something to you that is very personal and is very pointed to you, don't you think you're going to listen? Jesus knows what's going to happen. He has a triumphal entry, and yet he is going to be crucified. He is making sure he is preparing his disciples for what's going to happen. So he's telling these stories. This is one of three parables here that talks about, again, that's the one as far as the The parable of ten virgins being prepared for the coming of the Lord again. This is another one. This is the second one, and there's another one too, is um, that talks about that as well. But we're going to talk about three different things: waiting for the arrival of someone special. What are your actions? What are the things you are supposed to be doing while you're waiting for that person to come back? And the third thing is there's a judgment involved and what you do during that time while you're waiting. So let's go on to the next one. I'm going to read these first two. We're going to get started up here with knowing who you're waiting for. Let's talk about what these guys said. Okay, Matthew 25, verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. So we have a man who is evidently rich and powerful. This guy obviously has some means and some funds. The man obviously has some business. He's going to go off and do some things somewhere else, and he's going to be gone for a period of time. The only way you can do that is to have those resources to do so. So we've got a guy who who has immense resources and able to we also see that the testimony of the one man later on verse uh, verse uh 24 of this chapter he says you're a rich and powerful man you reap or you don't sow i mean he is getting increased from things he doesn't have any hands in this guy is a he's a man he's amazing he's really cool and he's going to take he's going to leave on a journey that's going to take some time. that's what it says he's going to be going off in fact it, tell, it tells us a little later in verse 19 and now after a long time this master comes uh comes back so we're looking at somebody who's very important very powerful somebody who is going to be doing business in another area and he's got people who have been working for him and been his slaves or servants for a, n- a number of years who are, who are working with him are going to take care of his business while he is gone. The thing is, he's going to be gone for some time. Think about it. What was um, was travel like back in this time? Did he have planes, trains, and automobiles, those type of things? No, he might have had a ship to go someplace if he's going on there. But most likely, he's going to be going with horses and camels, those type of things. And if he's going to travel to a far region and do business, it's going to take him a while to get there and come back. And these guys don't know when he's coming back. They do know he is important. They do know he's powerful. And he's expecting something from them. Go ahead and hit the next, next slide. So we've got three servants. And he, he's going to give them. Oh, where am I, 16, 14, 15 again. So three servants. We've got both of One, he gave five talents to another two and to another one, each according to his own ability. This is very cool. It's, they're all talents of varying value. He gives five, three, and one. But it doesn't matter what kind of talents he's giving to each one of you. He's going to give you the value that is deemed appropriate for you. And because we think it's worth more, let's say, I, I know five is worth is more than three. I, I've done more than third grade math. I know that's greater. But to the master, that's not the value he assigns, whether you have more. You're not supposed to look at the person next to you and think, I'm jealous of you because you dress better than I do. I'm jealous of you because you drive a better car. I'm jealous of you because you got a really cool cruise and you got this really good upgrade. And all I mean, thank you for sharing that. You give me all sorts of examples today. It's really cool. I love it. The value is assigned by the master. It's not to make you more important than somebody else. It's the value that is yours. And it is yours alone. It's not somebody else's. The thing is, it's really cool. He's given it to them, but he doesn't tell them what to do with it. Why is that? Because they know their master. They know when they're given this talent. They're given what they've got. They know their master. You know, they're they're servants, they're slaves. They've been working with this guy for a long time. They've been beside him. They have, they have worked with him. They've seen him do business. They've seen what he's going. Obviously, they know that because that testimony in verse 24. He reaps where he doesn't sow. He gets all these different things. They have seen him work. They know, what he, they know he expects them to do something with this talents that they've been given. He's not doing this for... Yeah, He just expects it. And they know it. So they're gonna do so. They're given according to their ability. What it says in there in verse 15? Isn't that the cool thing about that? That's the word dunamis. Power. Where else do we see that word? Acts 1.8, right? But you shall receive power. Same word. And here it is differently. Translated into their ability. Isn't that cool? Same word. Dunamis, the power, that ability. Each one was given the amount according to their ability. In other words, he was not going to give them more than they needed or more than they could handle, but he wasn't going to give them less. He was going to give them exactly what they were supposed to to use. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Cool. What I liked about this, Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. Isn't that cool? These two guys were prepared. The one who had the five and the one who had three, they weren't waiting around. As soon as he gave them the talents, they knew what they were supposed to do. They went out and started using them. They started doing business with them trading with it. They were not looking at what was going on around them. They were not looking at them um, at at circumstances or, or this may not be a good time to invest in this. This may not be a good time to do this type of business or whatever. They were looking at, began to work in the economy of the kingdom. They started putting this into work, started working for their master because they knew they were going to get a return on it. And they did this immediately because they were prepared. They had been watching him, seeing what he was doing, how he was doing things. They had been paying attention, just like Joshua did with Moses. He was watching Moses lead this nation. He had been learning. So when, it, when the mantle went from Moses to Joshua, there was no delay. Everything continued on, and they took Canaan land. In this case, these servants had been watching this master, knowing what they're supposed to do. They learned those things, and then they applied them. They didn't have to wait. They didn't have to get it. So they're already prepared. It's interesting that they doubled the gift. I want kind of the rule of 72. I was looking this type type of thing up. I was trying to, you know, because he says he's been gone for a long time. We don't know how long he was gone, but I was just kind of trying to play him with some numbers, trying to figure out how long it would take for them to actually double this five talents to another five talents, that type of thing. You take 72, and if you divide it by the percent interest, that will tell you the number of years it takes for you to double what you've already put in there. Isn't that kind of cool? So I was just playing with, I thought, Oh, 8% interest. That's not actually a bad return. These, if you're doing a pretty good business, that's not bad, but 8% interest would still take them nine years to double what they got. We do know he's gone for a long time. Maybe it was nine years. Maybe it was four, maybe it was 10 or 15. I don't know. The point is we do know that these guys were very smart in what they did with what they had been given and they doubled the return go ahead this is appropriate behavior right what is appropriate behavior it's doing what has been expected of you simple right he expected them to do that and they did it that is appropriate behavior that's what we're supposed to do go ahead and get the next one What happened with the other guy? Verse 18. But he who received the one talent went away, dug in the ground, hid his master's money. Does he know the master? No. This guy really doesn't know his master. He dug a hole and hid it. He did nothing. I mean, it's... It was a waste of time giving him anything at all. The master had given him something that was of value from the master to him, and it was the value that was entrusted to him, something that he knew that this guy could do. It wasn't beyond his abilities. It was was not something he couldn't do. But this guy did not know his master well enough to try to go do something with it. He was afraid. He didn't know him like a friend he didn't know him the way he really should know him and so he went and dug a hole and he buried it that is not what was expected this is inappropriate behavior go ahead and hit the next verse 19 now after a long time the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with him it's very interesting do you not know that even when you're doing good, when you're doing the appropriate behavior, you're going to be judged? When you're doing the absolute right thing all the time, whether in business, in your spiritual life, whatever, whatever, whenever you're doing, at some point in time, even though you're doing the right time, you're going to do the right thing, you will be judged. This master has come back from being gone for a long time, and he came to settle. Accounts. He is going to judge them by their actions and what their behavior was while he was gone, and they were supposed to be taking care of his resources. Judging does not necessarily mean you're going to be punished. Judging can also be really good stuff because when you've been found capable, when you have been found faithful, the judgment means. You are going to be rewarded for your faithfulness and what you've done. What you've done. You've been accountable. You've done what you're supposed to do. So it's it's a result of their actions, not their intent. This other, you know, they did what they were supposed to do, and he came back and judged them rightly. And their appropriate behavior was judged. And guess what happened? He tells them, "Enter into the joy of your master." They did what they're supposed to do. They were following along with what he was supposed to have. He said, enter in the Jordan. And he says, I'm going to put you, not only that, he says, you've been faithful in a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Because they were faithful all the way through in what they had been given. That's really good. Now let's look at the other one. He was very, very pleased. They were judged rightly. Let's go ahead and hit the next slide. I'm going to read these out here. The last... Six verses here, seven verses are all about the one who received the one talent. It's very interesting. It's kind of, we have, of all these verses here, we've only got about six verses that actually talk about the two that did the right thing. The vast majority of these these verses are talking about the one servant who had the one talent, who dug a hole and hid it and did not act rightly. The master wanted to try. You know, he wants. He uh, Jesus here is trying to tell them. Listen, guys, this is a warning. I'm going to deal. I want you to do the right thing. I want you to do your best. I want you to to give me a return on my investment in your life. He says, but if you're going to do this, it's going to this inactivity is going to lead to sin. You're going to be a wicked, lazy slave. Why am I pouring myself out into you if you're not going to actually, you know, you know. Like I said, something given means something is expected. And the thing is, when he tells him, he says, listen, if you just not dug the hole, put it in a bank, which means he didn't do anything with it. All he had to do was just put it in a bank, let it sit there, just like it sat in the hole. And if nothing else, he was going to draw interest on that. And I base this on the 3% interest out there. He probably would have had 1.3 talents. Let's say if he'd been given a million dollars, whatever that talent was worth, whatever it is he'd have been at least giving him back $1.3 million. He would have at least had, at the very least, is what he's saying here, if you'd done nothing but at least put it in a bank, I would have gotten some return. But you did even less than that. You just let it sit. You wasted it. You wasted all those years. That could have been accruing something of value. Right? Let's go ahead and hit the next thing. Because if we're going to start getting it here, there's gonna. To... Like I said, of the six verses that are spent on the faithful servants, eight are on the lazy and wicked servant. This is a warning. He wants to let us know something's happened. He, the one who hid it, did not know his master, did not know who was coming back, did not know who was coming back. And he was going to judge their accounts when they came back. The second thing he is, because he did not know him, he did not act appropriately. And because he did not act in the appropriate manner, he did not do as expected by the master. He was adjudged according to his actions. And what he had was taken from him and given to others. And he was left out. Isn't that interesting? Go ahead and hit the next. I'm trying to get this done. So now we're going to apply things. And this is where we're probably going to step on toes. It's all really good to listen look, listen to parables and listen to the story and kind of understanding a little bit. That's really good. But guess what? Why did God? Why did Jesus specifically speak in parables? To bring out truth. To bring out something that we can need to think about. To bring out something that we need to apply to our lives. So let's look at application. First thing, and it doesn't matter, you know, First thing is you need to know the master. Nothing else can follow if you don't know who the master is. If you don't know your master, there's no way you can ever understand what he expects you to do. There's no way you're ever going to be able to act appropriately because you don't know how you're supposed to act. And you will be judged based on it. Who is the master here? Who is it speaking to actually here? Look at John chapter 3:16, you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You need to know the master. Jesus Christ came. He died for you for your sin so you could have eternal life. So, if nothing else that's the first thing you got to do. You've got to get to know the Master, and you've got to give your life to Jesus Christ. i am go to the next one, too. I like this. John 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. This is the master. First you got to get to know him and you got to know that this master is returning at some point. Jesus Christ has promised that he has gone to prepare many rooms for us and where he is going we're going to go. He will be coming back. He will be coming back. We just don't know when. you got to be prepared for it. Also says there in verse 6 on that same chapter, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. So you've got the first thing you've got to do because nothing else that I say, the rest this day, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, nothing else matters. Because unless you know the Master, nothing else is going to happen. So if you don't know him, get your life right. Get your life right and get to know the master. Let's go to the next thing. So what are you doing with what has been given to you? Remember what I said about before, that each to his ability, right? Everybody was giving it? The dunamis, that ability or that power, but it says in here in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power, that dunamis power from on high. What is that? is the holy spirit right if you are a christian you've got the spirit of god dwelling in you you have that dunamis power that ability you have that residing within you the very power of heaven is down in you now you have it 1st corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 i had to put all these things in here like this so i can make sure i get them quicker it. it helps a lot like I said, do you not do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You know Christ, you've been given dun- dunamis power, that spirit, that power dwells in you. 1 Corinthians twelve seven. 7. If you're probably going to the school of spirit, I'm sure you're, you're probably seeing this thing here. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Who's left out of that? Not one of you. Do you know Jesus Christ? Yes. Do you know that you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? Yes. And because you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, you have been given what? A gift. And it says to each one. That means every every place where you are currently sitting is a person who has the Spirit of God and you've been given a gift. You don't look at the person next to you where you are sitting, the chair that you are on, you have a gift. Guess what? The master gave the servants talents based on their abilities, that power. He gave it to them. He says, I'm going away. I expect you to use those talents because I am coming back. And when I come back, I'm going to judge you for what you did with those talents. Jesus Christ died for your sin. You've accepted him into your heart. He has given you the Spirit of God dwelling within you to give you the power to do that which he expects you to do. Your unique gift, your unique ability, your specific task and role on this earth. He has given it to you, and he is going to come back and he will judge you for what you're doing with it. Right? Nod your head. That is right. The fact of the matter is, what are you doing with what he's given you? So go ahead and hit the next thing. And are you ready to face him when he comes back? I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. I'm not saying he's going to kick you out into hell. I'm not saying that. But wouldn't it be better to face your master? He says, come into the joy of your master. You've been a good and faithful servant. Or would you have him say, why did you just hide the gift that I imparted directly to you and did not use it? Because I didn't get, I mean, nobody was able to gain anything from that. Hit the next slide. why don't we do these things because we have excuses right i was trying i was walking my dog the other day and this kind of came up with me i don't know what what excuse means but this is what came up with me i went home and wrote it down really what it is it's an inaccurate understanding of the situation leading to inaction or inappropriate action right inaccurate understanding of the situation that's what happened with the servant that did nothing with it. He did not understand the situation, and that led to his inappropriate action. He did not know his master. He did not know what he was supposed to do. Therefore, he did not do the right thing. Therefore, he was judged rightly for what he did not do. So, with your excuse is, you have an inaccurate understanding. If you don't know your gift, that is inaccurate. Well, maybe you don't know, but I mean, the point is you have a gift. So if you don't know your gifting right now, if you don't know your gifting, there are ways that you can find out. I mean, he has given you the gift to do something with it, right? If you don't know what it is, you don't know how to exercise it. You don't know how to use it. But there are ways for you to find out. One of the one a good way right now is to attend a school of the spirit with Jennifer. They are going through the gifts of God. They're going through Scripture, looking at what the gifts are, finding out more about them, finding out to see what might actually be applicable to you so that you can actually stir that gift up in you. You can start to learn to use it. You can start to actually be of value to everybody else here in this congregation. That's the whole point. If you you can't attend that, at least get into the Word. Start reading. The gifts are not hard to find in here. You can read them in 1 Corinthians 12 and those different places. Look them up. Find a concordance. Go to the library. Google works really well. Spiritual gifts. Put it on in there. I mean, there's lots of different places. You can find out. And guess what? You can read about them. You can see what it says about it in Scripture. You can determine based on God's understanding and his imparting to you, wow, that's my gift. And now I can understand and do something with it. And the other thing is, typically, when you, have, when you find your gift, it's usually something that really motivates you, something that really gets you up, right? Look at Rocky after he's talked to people about God. He is pumped up, right? When Dan is in here after he's had his, I mean, his evangelistic, think about it. What is, what is Dan like? Man, he's just bouncing. He's got all that energy in him. That's the way I feel when I teach. Man, when I come out of there after I teach Sunday school, I don't care if you guys got anything. I got a chance to do what God wanted me to do. I got to speak the word of the Lord. I got to tell you about a little bit about scripture. And this is what I understand from it. And it is exciting. And God is moving and he's doing things. It's a lot of fun. I get hyped up on that. You know? It's a lot of fun. Find out what motivates you. Stop using excuses and not knowing what it is because you can find out. It is not impossible. God wants you to know. It's the next thing. So that's one excuse. I'm not worthy. We're not worthy. We got ways around that. You don't have to stay believing you're not worthy of the gift God has imparted to you. You are worthy. And we have means of dealing with it. Carolyn talked about it. Didn't that help? Yes. Attend it. Sign up for it. Go out on faith. Even if you don't believe you have the funds for it. Move forward. Take care of things. Get it right with him. And man, you'll feel so free. All that stuff's going to come off your back. The chains are going to be broken. We think about it all the time. You're going to be free to do that which he wants you to do. Isn't that cool? You are worthy. Go to freedom ministry. People there will pray for you. They will pray you through whatever's going on. They will help you to see your value in Jesus Christ and in the Lord. Get sozo if you need more than that. Walk in the deliverance that God has given you. Right? Walk in the freedom, the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. All of that, you know, old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are a new creation. You are worthy. Don't let that be your excuse because that's flimsy. Because there's so much. Understand who you are in Jesus Christ. Know the master. Know you are in him and you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ on you. Next slide. I don't know what to do or how to use my gift. This is probably the lamest excuse of all. Right? Think about it. At least the other ones, they may not know. Okay, I can't fault you for not knowing something. Ignorance is not stupidity. This is stupid. You know what your gift is, but I don't know what to do or how to use it, right? we got so many different places and so many ways that you can use your gifting here. Volunteer. And if it doesn't seem to work out, look at all the different things we have right here. Children's ministry. They need people. Look at how many people had to leave here to take care of all those kids we got in there, right? But why do we do that? They're future people. You've got to build on the future. You've got to impart to those that are coming after you so they can be able to take up the mantle, continue to move forward, to bring the kingdom of God to future generations. There are kids out there that are now at home, probably playing an Xbox or whatever else, that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. These kids will be the ones that are going to be telling them about Jesus and what he has done to their lives, how he has impacted them, how he has moved them forward, and what they are going to be doing it. We have to have people out there talking to them. You can be a greeter. You can wear a shirt just like this. Isn't this cool? You can say, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. And you get to greet all sorts of people coming in. Guess what? We got a lot of cool people coming in this church. And when you get a chance and you take the time to stand there and talk with them and find out about them, it's amazing. we got Abba's house. We've got prison ministry, worship team, media, adult Sunday school, visitation, go with Rocky. Thursday nights, go out to the projects, visit people, talk to them about Jesus, or just talk to them. You don't have to talk about Jesus, just talk to them. Whatever. we got Thrive, right? Home groups, right? You got places you can go Bible study and push. Pray until something happens. We've got lots and lots and lots of places for you to be able to try to exercise your gift. And you can try some of these out if you think you believe that that's what your gift is. Hospitality, be a greeter. Have someone come to your home. Take care of those type of things. If you're a teacher, teach. Believe me, I did not... You may not think I'm a great teacher now or whatever, but when I first started out, I was bad. I'm not, I wasn't even sure that I should continue to try to teach. I probably scarred those people for life. They're probably sitting there thinking, whoo, what did he get that out of the word? I don't know. But the, <laughs> the whole point is, move forward. Do something, even if it's wrong. I mean, even if you're doing it imperfectly, even if you good grief, you don't start out with expertise. I don't know how many of you have ever tried to throw pottery on a wheel. And and if Jennifer was here, I'd ask her about that. What you, okay. When your first time you tried to make a little bowl or something on a wheel, what was it like? It was a mess. You don't get, God is not done with you. Use your gifting. The only way you get good at your gifting is to use it. So volunteer, find something. And if it doesn't fit, guess what? You can quit and do something else. You're not locked into it for the rest of your life. I'm sorry. It's okay. You can do something else. There's other things too besides here. Volunteer at your fire department. Right? Maybe you... I'm not sure Joe Jane should probably do that. Um, But there are many volunteer agencies out there. I mean, look at it. Homeless shelters, food pantries, service groups, Kiwanis, Rotary Club, those different types of things. Guess what? That gets you out in the community. And when you're in the community, guess what? You're standing there as a follower of Jesus Christ. What happens when you stand there? Kingdom of God comes from heaven right down to where you are. You are impacting that group and you're impacting your community you can do that. You don't have to just do stuff here. You can do it out there. I'm a volunteer firefighter. Guess what? I get to take care of my community. I get that. I have that privilege. At 2.30 in the morning when she has fallen, you know, I used to think that was a funny commercial. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. I used to think that was funny until two o'clock in the morning when you get the call. She has fallen in the bathroom. She's not hurt, but she physically cannot get up to go back to bed. We need people like you in our community picking up the fallen, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally. You need you need to be out there. You need to be picking them up. You need to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. The whole point of these excuses, get rid of them. There is no excuse that is greater than what you're supposed to be doing. The whole point is, God expects you, I know some, just start. He wants you to be faithful with what he has given you. He wants you to use it. And by using it, we all gain. Every single one of us. Last slide. your excuse whatever you come up with why you are not moving forward with Jesus Christ is invalid so I'm going to close with this what kind of servant are you going to be are you going to be with one with the 5 talents the 3 that got to enter into the joy of the lord are you gonna be the one? You're gonna sit there in your chair week after week, come and hear sermons, come and listen to beautiful music. Go ahead, and start playing. Thank you. See, using his gift in that way. No, are you gonna are you gonna sit there? And we'll speak nice, beautiful words over you. We'll talk to you, learn a few things. You get to sing songs that are really cool. but you do absolutely nothing with it? Are you going to be that person? Are you going to step out in faith? You're going to find out what God has imparted to you, and you're actually going to use it. And you're going to use it for ministering to others as Christ wanted it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for your word how you really challenge us. Lord God, this word is both a message and a warning. It's a promise, Lord God, that you really have given us a gift that is appropriate for us and that we're expected to use it. Help us to know you so well, to be so tied in with you and your heart, that we know exactly how to use it and how to express it. And it's also a warning, Lord God, because you know that every one of us that have been given that gift, Lord God, not everybody's using it. They're holding on to it. They're hiding it. Lord God, help them to break free from that cycle, to break free from those shackles, to move forward and become a servant that is willing and able to do that, what you've given. Them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at K-O-G underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash K-O-G Asheville.